Hello everyone, this is Blake with Marvel.com. We're here with Alex, our intern. How's it going, everyone? Um, and we have the very special pleasure of sitting with Mr. Dan Deacon. How are you doing today? I'm good. Sorry I did not notice your gesture to say my own name. Oh. <laughs> I was just staring well, at you like an idiot. Like, <laughs> me. <laughs> it's, well, it's audio, so we, we could have just like forgot that it happened, but you had to stamp it into the... I had to ethos of podcast whatever i'm rambling so i want to my first um question is do people, i'm sorry i interrupted do people just make immaculate lies in podcasts be like oh pass me some more of that delicious salmon <laughs> thank you so much for getting me this freshly cooked bear mm, let me just put on my gigantic cloak sorry. A couple, we've actually had a couple of those but it's usually about how great the room we're in looks when obviously oh, yeah. it's it's not yeah, I just didn't expect there to be so much blood. <laughs> There's blood everywhere. It's going yeah. through the walls. I mean, it's good to know it's not human blood, but it's, you know, and that it's just it, it's just generated by the walls, right? How are you aware that it's not human blood? Well, it's coming out of the walls. The walls keep telling us. Oh, oh, the whisp. Oh, those are, I thought that those whispers were just for me. This is starting off great. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for wasting everyone's no, time. I we, would love it. We have more time of yours to waste <laughs> coming up next on this podcast. <laughs> I would love it. We should do that one day. But I need to promote you. Let's I need do to, it. you know, talk about you. But the first thing I want to talk about is Spider-Man. Please. Tell us, um, you have an album named after Spider-Man. How did, can you give a, a brief synopsis of how this came about? Um, well, it's called Spider-Man of the Rings. Mm -hmm. It came out in 2007. And I don't know if I can really connect the dots as to how it <laughs> came about. But uh, it just would have been awesome. Um, I've been always obsessed with Spider-Man. Um, I guess I got into comics through the toys. I was really obsessed with the toys. And I remember, like, saving up. Like, I used to return bottles and cans to, like, uh, get, you know, I guess you get, like, a nickel each. And I kept being, like, 20 cans is one comic. <laughs> um, or no, but, but I wasn't into comics yet. Uh I was into the toys, and I remember going to the comic book store to buy uh, the Silver Surfer toy. Because um, before I can remember, I had the Secret Wars toys. Oh, Do you nice. remember those? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Those were awesome. You know they're um, making, they're doing, sorry to cut you off, but they're making like statues of those toys now. Cool. It's oh, that rules. Like, the Spider-Man one, I think, is the first one, but continue. Um, uh, that's all right. I think this is going to be a long <laughs> uh, series of interruptions, yeah. so let's just get the apologies out of the way. Right, I'm sorry enough. as well. <laughs> Um, and that's, the toy was like 12 bucks or something and like I was psyched for it but I remember staring at the 25 cent bin being like I could either buy this one toy or more comics than I could ever carry and I didn't I didn't like reading I hated reading but I loved drawing mm -hmm. do you know what I mean I, I it really lured me and I'm a cheap miser and I always have been so the 25 cent bin was like I don't know, this gold mine. It was full of, like, really, like, beaten up Fantastic Fours and, um, I don't know, just, like, stuff that, like, I'd heard of, but I didn't know anything about. And all of a sudden, I could, like, go there once a week with, like, ten bucks after returning cans and come home with, like, tons and tons and tons of stuff. And then I started, like, falling in love with the characters. Not even just the characters, but, like, the world. Right. Do you know what I mean? It was, like, this whole other escapist universe to go into but like even then it just made like regular reality also different do you know what i mean i'm sure like anyone that. who likes comics like 
you start seeing parallels. Like, like you, I mean, so many comics are about like, and then this tortured nerd became super powerful. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I'm like, oh, that sounds really good. I'm very interested in this story, yeah. being a tortured nerd. Uh, <laughs> tell me more. Um, anyway, so yeah. Oh, anyway, I can't remember how I got into Spider-Man, though. I just really loved it. I was obsessed with it. I would like, I would buy all of the storylines, like, I can't remember how many, I don't know how many there are now, but, like, Amazing Spider-Man was obviously my top jam. Um, but, like, Web of and Spectacular and then, like, this just standalone Spider-Man. Um, it's kind of around the same time I got into music, though, and music kind of, like, Took over. stole my, mm-hmm. my love of comics. Plus, I became uh, less interested in going through the garbage and returning <laughs> bottles and cans, and I could write music for free. I got to ask, a lot of, I haven't heard this, I, I've done so many interviews for Marvel, and I've never heard this where it's people kind of got into the toys after the cartoons or something. Mm-hmm. So you're saying you just toys were the first. Well, I was real into He-Man as oh, like a, nice. a real yeah. little kid. And that was the, the toys were before the cartoon, right? And the cartoon was a way to I think sell the toys. The cartoon was a way to sell yeah. the toys. What a genius. What, yeah. what like evil dickheads were like, I will make a show exclusively <laughs> to sell toys. And all the commercials were before all the toys. Like Skeletor came up with the idea for He Man. Um, so, yeah, I, I guess, and I never, I wasn't into G.I. Joe's though. They just like looked like. Crap I thought I liked you, and now I'm, ge- I'm I just guessing. I, yeah, I, guessing sorry. I just couldn't get into him. Maybe because my friend Matt had so many, and I knew I'd never have as much as oh. Matt. And so I was like, well, I'll just stick with these He-Mans and whatever. Like, Spider-Man's more powerful than any <laughs> idiots anyway. Um, yeah, so and then, I, what were they called? I think they were called, like, the Bionic Six or something like that. Do you remember them? Mm-mm. They were these, like, I don't know what they were, but they were metal toys, and like everyone on the block was like, "Go get the Bionics! If you don't get the Bionic Six, they're metal. Uh, all your old toys are gonna suck." Um, I think this was around He-Man time, mm-hmm. but you know, Ninja Turtles were toys. Um, so I just wanted to keep expanding what, and you know, it was fun to like, you know, the Ninja Turtles are hanging out with Silver Surfer and He-Man, and they're all gonna fight Skeletor. It was like. You know, that's why I want copyright law to not exist so that movie <laughs> right, can get made. Right. You know what I mean? I want to see the Silver Server He-Man hanging out with, uh, I don't know, some like weird horse that, you know, <laughs> doesn't, doesn't have a name. <laughs> that should be a movie. <laughs> Maybe it should be a podcast. I, I think I made that movie as a kid. I used to call the He-Man 900 number. Do you remember that? No. And it would be the same repeating of He-Man's just voice. It sounds creepy now that 900 <laughs> numbers are like a bad thing. At the time, they weren't, and it was yes, just like, they were. They were to steal money from children. Yeah, well, that was bad in that way, but there's other bad ways. But we won't get into that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We but we we know what you're talking about. Some people, yeah. Alex is too young to know, but um, what I would call the number, and it would be a recording. That's like of, saying like there's some stuff on the internet that's uh, we won't talk about yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> just uh, don't call a 900 number, Alex. Um. Yeah, I would call the number, it would be the same He-Man speech, and then I'd get my parents, who begrudgingly to make me shut up, to call again, and it'd be the same speech. And I'm like, hey, he's saying the same thing, but it's really He-Man. Hold on, hold on. A He-Man speech? It's like, uh, hello, what whatever. It's a He-Man speech. Just like him, like, talking Oh, can I cuss? Am I allowed to cuss? Yeah, I, was, right. I can bleep it. Cool. Well, if I know, I'll, I'll not cuss if it's going to be bleeped. No. Oh. I can. I, I have restraint. <laughs> I, I, I cannot say certain words. You respect the cuss words enough. Not it's to. not just like 
pure garbage <laughs> falling out. It's a select garbage that comes out. Some things stay. So I want to ask as well, like, so Silver Surfer was your first Marvel. I don't know why I want. Well, it was my first of that that addition uh, or mm. or style. I don't know what you would call it. I'm not. I feel like there's a lot of toy. Co- I'm standing. Wave, I believe. Wave. All right. That, yeah. That sounds good. Like I'm in a room full of toys, and I'm like, these people are really serious about toys. <laughs> I took mine out of the boxes and covered them in dirt. Um, yeah, I don't know why Silver Surfer was the one. I think I just saw like the surfboard, and I was like, whoa, his mm-hmm. feet go in the surfboard. This is amazing. <laughs> um, but I remember buying it, and just I kept thinking about that 25-cent bin, and I was like, I don't know. I should have bought, I don't know, like, 40 comics, what was I thinking? And then I went back to buy another one, and I didn't. And it was this brilliant system that I'm sure comic book stores still have, but it was like they had a box. They were like, oh, well, if you want, every week we'll set aside titles you like, and we'll put them in Mm. your box. And I was like, tell me more of this box. And they're like, you don't have to pay for them until you come pick them up, but we'll put them aside. So if you want the new Spider-Man every week, I was like, yes, yes, I do. Because it was like four dollars, you know. I mean, this was when they were still a dollar, and then they went up to a buck twenty-five, which was like hell. <laughs> it was like, are you joking? I need to cut a title, or the dads in my neighborhood need to increase their drinking problems. Like, where are these cans going to come from? What do you th- what do you think? Money grows on trees? No, it grows in cans from drunks. Uh, so that was a big change. That was a big change. Um, but it was. They became my whole life. Like me and my friend AJ and Tom, we'd like ride our bikes to the comic book store every day, even Tuesday when it was closed, because we would forget every Tuesday. <laughs> I think it was Tuesday. Comic book store was closed Tuesday, right? Wednesday. Wednesday? Right? Maybe it was Tuesday back then. I don't know. But it was closed once a week to restock, obviously. Oh, cl- the days it's closed. Yeah, uh, yeah. It might be Tuesday, yeah. Cool. Yeah. I think it was Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's why Tuesdays still suck. Well, I mean, that's why this is great for this podcast, Tide People Over. Which comes out on Tuesdays. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. This is great. It's kind of like... This is our plan the whole time. Very wise. Yeah. Very wise. Um, it just became like the place we went. And there was this like guy, Charlie, who worked there. And I can't tell if Charlie loved us or hated us. And um, he would always show us like... He was kind of like the... Like how, like you know, you go to a record store and someone's like, "Oh, you're buying that. You should really buy." Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if that person still exists. Oh, they do. Um, yeah. All right, good to know. Uh, but Charlie was always like, "Oh, I can't believe you noobs are still reading this. Like, check this out." We'd be like, "Shut up, Charlie. <laughs> you're an idiot." Um, Most people don't have that reaction to people like that. Most people get afraid and then never no look in the way. store. Again. I don't know what it was, but like we love to torment Charlie. Mm. And then we found out he also worked in the mall, and we'd go and. <laughs> Like, uh, torment him at his other job in the mall where he couldn't just be, like, a comfortable, like, jerk to us. We'd walk around and be like, oh, where are all the fancy scarves, Charlie? <laughs> where, what, when's the last yeah. time you saw him? I can't remember. Late in life where it was at a point where it was like, hello, Charlie. <laughs> Goodbye. Um, but he would, like chase us out of the store after being there for too long and like he was like I saved a bag of rocks to throw at you after I threw oh you out and like, throw rocks at he was probably only like 15 uh-huh. but in our minds you know when you're like 9 a 15 year old is basically 45 you know what I mean like 
I was he was an adult. I was picturing like this like thirty five year old. He might have been. I really don't know. You know when you're like a kid, like anyone who's also not a kid is like an old man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like you know, like and the moment you like graduate high school and you're in college, anyone in high school is like a baby. It was kind of like that. Maybe I just sound like a psychopath <laughs> right now. <laughs> anyway, we'd go there every day, and um, and that's when I guess I got real bad into the back issues, being like, well, I need everyone. When did when did uh, Eric Larson begin writing? Okay, well, I'll take all of the Eric Larsons. Yes, yes, and. Tell me about this Sinister Six series. Tell me about the, uh, the ulti- was it Ultimate Spider-Man? Yeah. The crossover? You know, it was in, like, Web and Spectacular and Amazing, and he was fighting the Sinister Six. He had, like, all these crazy powers. I think it was called Ultimate Spider-Man. I can't remember. Yeah. <laughs> I, know you're, I know you're talking about it, but I can't remember the title. That'll be a good question on when you get the tour for our Spider-Man editor. Excellent. Ooh, I have some Secret Wars questions as well. Some, uh, what I... Upcoming Secret Wars? No, no, no. Uh, Original series. Uh, what is it? Secret Wars 8? Where Spider-Man gets the black suit? Come come on, dog. Uh, wel- so welcome long. to my new podcast where I know more about <laughs> this <laughs> over the Marvel. Yeah, they listen to what they're doing. I cussed again, I'm sorry. Just, just in case you didn't catch it. I think it was Secret Wars 8. Secret Wars 8. I'm like going through the issues. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, he's, he's all like, my, my clothes got all ripped up. Um... You think he'd have like a second suit? You know what I mean? That must happen constantly. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think prepared for Secret Wars to have a second suit on hand. I don't know. I got two pairs of pants wherever I go. <laughs> um, it's true, they're in their backpack. Uh, granted, I'm not being like summoned by the Beyonder to go fight. Was it the Beyonder? Yeah, it was the Beyonder. All right, cool. All right, I'm remembering. <laughs> See, I read the books. <laughs> the books. <laughs> anyway, at the end of Secret Wars 8, when Spider Man's like, oh, my clothes are all ripped up. Uh, they're like, oh, there's this cool machine in the back. It just spits it out. Doesn't it also make a new Thor's hammer and a new Captain America shield? Why don't those things torment them? Why is it only this black ball that screws around with Spider-Man? That's a good question. That is a good question. It's there. Mm, yeah. I'm uh, <laughs> just let me know when you want to license the movie rights to uh, <laughs> something that someone else made up that I noticed. <laughs> That's a deep cut right there. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think about it all the time. I can't remember which two other heroes it was. I'm pretty sure it's uh, Thor. It's not like Hulk would be like, oh, my pants are just yeah. too ripped. These, these ripped up pants are just too ripped. Yeah, he's like, I got so many purple pants. You think Bruce Banner would start shopping exclusively at, like, the big and tall? You know what I mean? Like, he would anticipate, like, like people would be like, why? He's like, oh, I just like the baggy look, the breezy feel. <laughs> Like, why is he still wearing, like, I mean, he looks good in these, like, you know, well-tailored clothes, but he's got to be spending a fortune. <laughs> Wouldn't that, like, enrage him enough to be Hulk nonstop? Was there not a what-if? No, they should have had a what-if about him and his pants or whatever. Um, like, it would have really worked. Like, that was, like, you know, hammer pants were around. Hammer like, pants. Joey Botafugo was rocking these <laughs> Joey Botafugo pants. Joey Botafugo. So, like, he definitely, Hulk definitely, Bruce could have been like, yeah, I'm just wiling out on these like crazy stretch pants. Hulk would have looked so awful though. <laughs> you know, like Hulk had like all of a sudden where it's just like fitting like zebra striped pants and like a big like bum equipment sweatshirt. Like, yeah, yeah, it, it would be form fitting to Hulk, but Bruce would just look like a like a DJ or something. 
I did an interview yesterday where I referenced Patty Hearst, and then this Joey Buttafuoco reference trumps that <laughs> by a thousand. That's awesome. Um, I wanted to ask. So I make electronic music. <laughs> Wait, we're gonna get. I got one more Marvel question, then I want to ask about no, this, was, and then. Um, do you still have any of your toys? Oh, I have all of them. Oh, and, I'm so jealous. And um, and obviously the comics. Because uh-huh. I, I mean, I don't know if it's still like this, but like I got into comics like during like the gold rush. Was like you got to get every number one that comes out. Number ones, number ones, number one. So I started buying like tons of number ones, and it was right when like a lot of the illustrators formed Image. And so I was like, oh, I have to get all the image number ones, which are now probably worth like less than the paper they're printed yeah. on because every idiot kid bought them. It's like Superman's death. I like, know. I had oh, 15 issues yeah. of that. And then some were like, well, some are going to be worth more opened and peeled. And I was like, how could that possibly be? Why are you tricking me into buying four copies <laughs> yeah. of this comic? Like, and I think that was another thing that disenfranchised me about the industry. I was like, people are, I'm being tricked into buying like, like with image, like it was like, oh, if you want to get image zero, You've got to get these comics and then cut the coupons out of each one and then mail them in. So then I had to buy two because I knew, like, well, this one's going to be cut. Then I can't can't have a cut coupon out of it, or it won't, right. it won't be worth a million dollars. So I think that was another thing. Was like I was just buying. I wasn't buying them out of. I was. Be, I became a collector rather than someone who was. Like, I liked the stories in the books. And right. I stopped reading them because I didn't want creases in them. And I think ultimately that killed my love of them because I couldn't, I couldn't love them. There was nothing to love. They became, like, I became an archivist rather than, like, someone who liked s- stories and drawings. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? No, it seems like that's the case with a, a lot of people. I think it was, like, a thing in that, probably that period of time, yeah, too. Yeah, because that's the, when the bubble burst, like, right mm-hmm. at that point. And it, that's... A shame, but they asked for it. You know? Oh, 100%. Yeah. I keep wondering, like, and I don't know if you would have been able to recognize it while it's happened. I'm sure someone in the board meeting was like, it's a bad idea. Yeah. Don't you want, we all are in this room because we like reading comic books, not because <laughs> we were, like, childhood investors. They're like, shut up, um, Carl, get out. <laughs> yeah. But I wonder if that happens in the music industry. Like, what, as the music industry, like, is, like, trying to create bubble again. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know everything bursts. Like, everything's sinusoidal. Everything goes in waves of, like, popularity and unpopularity and exposure and non-exposure. So I just keep... I think about that a lot, and it's like... Especially within my own career, it's like... I've had, like, high peaks and, like, points where it's like, what's up? I'm still here? It's my email work? You know what I mean? So, uh, I don't know. I think it was a good lesson early in life to remember, like, why you like something. And there's uh, there's multiple ways to like something. Like... I could like, you know, this Iron Man 3, Iron Patriot, 1 to 4 scale statue for, to keep it in this box and keep it in my basement and to know I have it and, like, look at my, like, Google spreadsheet of, like, all my inventory and then, like, think about it in that capacity. And you can love that. That can be fun. That's a really abstract, insane way to have fun. But so is, like, collecting, like, antique dishes and Mm. people, no one thinks that's weird. Do you know what I mean? I think that... I remember when I first started hearing about toy collecting and people not taking it out of the boxes, I was like, that's crazy. But I also knew, like, well, it's not crazy at all because now these are valuable investments. You know what I mean? But, like, I like – it it goes back to the whole, like, why have a remote control car and not use it because you don't want to drain the batteries. What go to the batteries if you're never going to use them? Do you know what I mean? That's a good point. So it makes you think about the multiple purpose of an object and, like, so much of – I'm obsessed with, like, objects and multiples. Do you know what I mean? I think that's why I like 
I liked comics because I loved seeing a stack of them. Mm-hmm. I liked walking into a place and seeing 200 different titles and know that there's 200 of each of those. Right. Do you know what I mean? And I loved when you'd accidentally get one that had like two covers. Like I had a, like a Punisher War War Zone War Journal. Well, and that was the one where it was just like drawings of guns, like a really crazy comic book. Um, I had one of those that actually had two covers stapled on it. I was like, this is going to be worth a million dollars. But then I was like, couldn't I have just stapled two covers on this comic? <laughs> uh, anyway, but um, I just liked thinking about how they're all slightly offset different, but they were the same. And, and, you know, when you're a DIY musician and you're making your own CDs or printing your own shirts, it has that same, like, repetitious sort of world but each one becomes unique once it's separated from the rest it's its own entity mm-hmm. like my amazing spider-man 300 i know there's tons of well, i was hoping there were very few because i owned it and it would cost me a lot of money but i knew there were a lot of them you know what i mean and you buy something when you become a collector you buy something hoping that it becomes rare do you know what i mean yeah and i think record collecting is the same way where people like buy something <clears throat> Knowing that it was mass-produced. It's not like someone made, like, one, unless you're buying, like, a lathe cut or something. But you're buying something that's mass-produced in the hope that it be, it remains popular and desired, but for some reason becomes obscure. Do you know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. a really weird way to think about, like, something you love. It becomes this, like, you you want it to be valuable and sought after, but it has to be forgotten for a long period of it's- time to have that happen to it. Do you know what I mean? It it's sounds, really weird. It sounds scary because it's almost like you want it to fail and you don't, you, in a you, way. You do. I mean, I don't think anyone's sitting there hoping that their collection goes through a period of uh, worthlessness so that everyone else throws theirs away yeah. and they hold on to theirs. Because that's, you know, obviously, you know, when I was collecting, like, the store owner and, like, my dad and uncles would be like, we, all of our baseball cards would be worth a fortune now if we didn't throw them away don't throw away your comics, don't throw away your baseball right. But then that just created this whole culture of kids being like, of being like little investors, being like, I'm buying these because they're going to be worth a fortune, not like, I'm buying these because I love art. Right, Do you know right. what I mean? Yeah. Does that make any sense? No, I, I, I was there with you with the cards thing. Was... Oh, Marvel cards were also like, so <laughs> awesome. God damn. I remember like, the first deck being like, this is amazing. Now I actually know who is stronger than who. And I remember being like, agility, who cares about agility? And then being like, agility is so important. Agility, how, how could you not? How could this character have this rating of agility? is insane. This is, this, this is garbage. I must write the company. And then holograms. Oh, my God. Oh. They just knew exactly how to, like, reel me in deeper and deeper. Have you seen either of those things in a while? The holograms or the cards? The From the, the old Marvel? ones? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you still have them? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Well, I've got them in a big trunk that I open up whenever I'm like, do I keep this? I just think there's got to be a better way to store them than this. It's like an old trunk, which I can't believe that's how people used Can you imagine like getting on a boat for like four months? You're like, oh, I just brought like the heaviest, crappiest box <laughs> I could get. It has, a, it's, it has a belt built into it. You're going to have the most boring tour here because everything you have in that trunk is just on the wall. <laughs> well, no, it gets so. me psyched. And I keep thinking about how I need to take it out, but I keep thinking I'm going to move so I don't. Am I making any sense? Yeah, but it's like, I'm like, oh, he's gonna love seeing the trading cards on the wall, and you're like, most will go at him. I'm like, no, holograms. We got. Oh, he still but got I it. But I foolishly sold a lot of them. Mm-hmm. There was a kid down the street who was a couple years younger than me, and he wasn't around, or I guess he was around, but he wasn't like uh, the concept of like ownership or currency didn't exist to him when uh, Series One came out. So, and they were all worth about a quarter each, 
in Wizard Magazine at the time. So we'd sit there with the wizard, and I would be like, well, it's worth a quarter, but I really like it, so I'll sell it to you for like 50 cents. And it's basically just ripping this kid off. But in my mind, I was like, well, the Wizard Magazine, this is the wizard rates. These are the actual <laughs> rates, so there's no arguing here. <laughs> and his brother came over, who was a couple years older than me, he's like, you sell my brother any more of these garbage cards, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> so I just had to stop because he would have uh, killed me. Um, and I wish I hadn't sold them to him because they were cool. And I liked them more than the subsequent series. Not that they weren't cool, but I remember, like, you know, going and buying boxes. Mm -hmm. And, like, a friend of mine would each go and buy a box, and I got, like, a, a couple of holograms, and he got none. And him being like, you owe, you owe me one of those holograms. And him being like, no, I don't. Yeah, that's holograms. not true. That's not... But it's just insane. It's yeah. just an insane thing. Um, and like feeling the sides of the decks and like being there. Like I remember like when there'd be like a, a, a box of packs mm -hmm. when there was only like four or five packs left being like, open up a new box. I don't want any of those. <laughs> Why? Because there was like the rumor that like the top packs had holograms. Um, these are probably all just like local <laughs> like lore. You know what I mean? I doubt there was ever like any like, because there wasn't the internet. Where are these oh, like... Right. Ten-year-olds hearing, like, I heard that the top four packs, if you feel the sides, the hologram glam is slightly thicker. <laughs> and being like, what's a hologram? And you're like, well, I just misspoke. Just follow me. You know what I'm talking about here with ten. Just give me a break. Like, where would they have heard that? Like, hologramleaks.com? You know, like, they didn't exist. You'd, everything that was told to you as a child is basically a lie. You know what I mean? Like you, ha And then you turn it into another, you lie to your other friends and make it into truth. Does that make any sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, the holograms, the cards. I would venture to say that I was more obsessed with the cards at a certain point hmm. because I, I knew I wasn't going to not open them. Do you know what I mean? I was going to open the packs and I could read the, it had the same pleasure of reading the cards. And since there wasn't really a lot of story attached, and but it was giving me so much information I could make up my own stories, and it helped inform the toys. I all of a sudden knew, like, who would actually win in this battle. I see, yeah. Because, like, I had, like, the same way that, like, Wizard was telling me how much they were worth, um, the cards were telling me how much power they had or how much weakness, which became more important was, like, the weakness factor. Mm -hmm. Like, I liked seeing that um, Spider-Man lost, like, 50% of his battles. It just, you know, like, that's why, I mean, I don't want to, like, throw shade at these other guys but like Superman how does Superman ever lose you know what I mean like who gives like and I remember like watching Seinfeld and like Seinfeld talking about Superman and I was like Seinfeld what's wrong with you clearly your allegiance is misguided <laughs> um, but if you're like ultimately powerful it's just like you just become like God and then you just become this like source of rules yeah. you know what I mean like you need to have someone who's losing and struggling for it to remain interesting the only time I ever felt like compassion for Superman was and on the show Smallville, mm -hmm. they have this character that looks into the future, and like if he touches you, and he touches Superman, and you just see these hands flying into the sun, and it's like Whoa. the last thing you ever. He, he sees your last. I forget his name. He's one of the DC. It doesn't matter. This is Marvel, but it's basically Superman <laughs> just like killed himself by flying into the sun, and because like nobody was alive. And I was like, whoa. Oh, because he lived? Did Superman just live forever? At some, in one of the comics, he just sits the on the moon. The dude lives forever, too? He, he, no, he, like, in one comic, he's, like, sitting on the moon by himself with, like, gray hair on his sides, and it's, like, everybody had died. Yeah. And so, like. I don't know if he lives forever. He just, he just freezes slow. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't there anywhere else he could go? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, like, 
DC Universe is also quite expansive, right? It's oh. not just like within the confines of the Milky Way. I, yeah. Take it. <laughs> yeah, but anyways, um, I gotta ask about your music. Please, please. Um, you just released. I don't know why I begged. Please, please. No. <laughs> I just meant. I like, want to talk about. Of this course, forever, whatever, whatever, whatever you'd like to. This ask. is like fun for me. Me too. But I want to give you a tour before you, because you, we have. Oh, we need to. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, this lasts longer than I thought. But your your new album just came out yesterday. Yes, it did. What's, uh, are you, you, I mean, you you come out with a lot of albums. Is it still really exciting to release? It is, because this is the first time where I've, like, been able to appreciate it. Like, when I put really? out, when I put out Spider-Man of the Rings, I just recorded that record because, you know, at that time I was, like, completely DIY, like, playing house shows and touring by, like, Greyhound Bus, like, playing, like, a good, sh- a great show was, like, 100 people. Mm-hmm. And an, a fine show was like 15 in like a basement in Bloomington. Right. You know what I mean? That was like, oh, that show was awesome. Um, and I never, th- I didn't think about music as being like a recorded document. You know what I mean? It was like I listened to music and I played music live. And if you weren't in the room when I was playing it, you didn't know it existed. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And that was fine for me because um, I never expected to get any sort of commercial success. And I liked CDs. I liked, you know, like, getting like lightning bolt CDs or like I don't know anything that was like out at the time that spoke to me I got the record I got the CD I knew I was never gonna be able to afford making vinyl or carry it around like what are you crazy mm-hmm. um, so I was like I'll record this record I'm playing all these songs live I don't have anything that on the merch table that's recent I should just record these songs and then I'll have them and I can be like if you like that you can buy it because when you're a DIY musician you're basically a t-shirt salesman you like travel around and then you like accept donations for gas companies. Um, I remember like one time and then and go back to Bloomington, going around passing around a hat, being like, "Oh, we're just collecting gas money," and I was like, "Collecting gas money? I'm like doing like grassroots fundraising for like BP <laughs> and Shell. Like, what the hell am I doing?" But that's the only way you can get around. Right. And um, luckily, the scene is very much like, "Yeah, thanks. Here you go." Um, but I would actually be able to like buy food and to live indoors with selling shirts and selling CDs, CDRs, which is insane to think about since I can't imagine like I would love I should start selling CDRs again. Anyway, sorry. Um, <laughs> what about CDRWs? Knocking. Then you would really be no. Those even... were the worst. They never <laughs> worked. I know. I thought about it and it was just like and bring it back and we'll recycle it and I'll put the new album on there and it was just like. Everyone would be like, none of these CDRWs work. <laughs> anyway. That's, I just want to say, the, the Marvel podcast, talk about Joey Botafuco and CDRs. <laughs> um, CDRWs. CDRWs, go. Uh, so anyway, I just started, I recorded it not with no idea of like people buying it or hearing it outside of the context of my live performance. Mm-hmm. Sorry if those like little burps came out. <laughs> um, and it changed, it changed everything. Because I didn't make it thinking that would be in mind. And then I made... Uh, Bromst afterwards just like on this whirlwind of like what's happening this is crazy I'm now flying to Europe I'm, I, two months ago I couldn't even like go into an airport because I didn't have an ID um, I didn't have a bank all my money was in like a sock and the only reason I got a bank account is because like I needed the sock was dangerous at this point you know what I mean the sock used to be a sad place to go to try to find money and then it became like we gotta get rid of the sock man Someone finds a sock, they're gonna kill us. <laughs> um, and it happened so quick, um, so it was very like, Whoa. and so I made Brahms with that same sort of energy in mind, and then I started getting a 
addicted to the stress of making a record and the stress of like, oh, we're going to have to fly to Finland and then we fly to uh, Australia and then we're there for like five days and then we go here and, da, 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 and it was cool and it was exciting, but like everything became like logistics and I fell right. in love with the stress of logistics. And I made my third record, America, like sort of with that energy, not realizing it. And I was like, oh, it's going to have 30 musicians and we're going to build a special room specifically to have this like completely unique sound for the acoustic instrument so we can layer them endlessly without any room tone and then treat them all in isolation insane delusions uh, i'm really glad i did it but uh i'm really glad i didn't do it twice do you know what i mean so this was the first record where i started realizing like whoa i like creating systems that are impossible to achieve one out of stubbornness to try to prove to myself i can achieve them and two because i'm addicted to like the release of mm -hmm. it you know what i mean like it just became i started realizing like i got into music because i could escape stress and escape anxiety and not only like escape it to like pretend it doesn't exist but to escape it to deal with it to like have it have this like meditative therapeutic process and now i'm attaching all of this like well uh, we'll have to you know set the building on fire and you shoot the gun and i'll start running and i'll see if i can dodge it you know what i mean like everything right. became situations like that and so this, and in the, I didn't realize until like the middle of the process. And I was watching this um, Bill Murray interview, where someone asked him like, "What do you credit to your like success or your career?" And he's like, "Someone gave me a piece of advice where it was just you're the best at what you do when you're very, very relaxed. And the more relaxed you are, the better you are at it." And this was just like, kaboom! Like, what are you talking about? Like. I, like a lot of people, I think, are very deadline motivated. It's like, well, if this is due on the 12th, I start at 10 p.m. on the 11th. Because um, that'll, like, you know, light a fire underneath me and I'll get it done. You know what I mean? I think a lot of people wait to the last minute for motivation. But I just started thinking, like, it's like this terrible way to live. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't make sense to unnecessarily, like, not necessarily attach stress to those things. And all of a sudden, just thinking about, the word relax and what it meant to relax. And I started thinking like relax doesn't mean like, you know, sitting cross-legged at the beach drinking tea. Like it can mean that, but it can also mean like losing your mind at a party, just dancing and having a good time. Like you can't have a good time without relaxing. Mm -hmm. I mean, they go hand in hand. Like the phrase like chill out, relax, have a good time. You know what I mean? Like it's common. Like hanging out with your friends is relaxing. Like doing anything without being self-conscious is relaxing. Do you know what I mean? And it really just helped me like finish the record because right. I was like I was in love with making it because it was like when I was actually working on it it was this great point of pleasure and like fun and like I loved it. But whenever I would stop, I'd be like, "Oh, those choices I made were terrible. I'm gonna have to go back and mix it again." And oh, what about this baseline? Oh, I'm not gonna finish the release date. And uh, Panda Bear's gonna finish before me. And uh, <laughs> he actually did. Um, anyway, uh, I said, you know. Why would I like? I could just imagine like if I'd call up no, and I was like, no, I think you're gonna finish making the record before him. You're like, why are you thinking about that, Dan? That doesn't make any sense. What are you talking about? I'd be like, stop being so relaxed. Um, but I was becoming like Yosemite Sam. You know, what I mean, it didn't. I was just like, everything was like, ah. I go more Daffy Duck. Daffy Duck is definitely <laughs> like the sigil of my house. Like, if there's any, like, um, as much as I love Spider-Man, like Daffy Duck is. A haunting, maybe a demon inside my life, but uh, I wonder what like you know mid thirties Daffy Duck like what are his anxieties or what are his like <laughs> passions and dreams or goals that he um, thinks he can still achieve or wishes he had done differently. Anyway, um, 
yeah, so this record was really fun to finish. <laughs> <laughs> so as soon as I saw that, everything like clicked. And I feel like it's really changed my philosophy on like how I approach my performance practice and my studio practice. And I don't know, I took email off my phone. That feels really great. Uh, I know that sounds like a little thing, but it really just changes it you you add importance and immediacy to things that don't require it mm -hmm. and then when you remove them you realize that you're in control of what your reality is and maybe i'm just trying to like tie this up nice and neatly but i think that has a lot to do with why people like comics is because they're entering into a world where like let's talk about like, like breaking bad i liked watching breaking bad because all of their problems were so much worse than mine. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I remember being a kid being like, oh, I, feel, I don't feel like I relate to my peers. And then reading about like someone who's like, oh, well, like light blasts out of my face <laughs> unless I'm wearing this glass. You know what I mean? Like you start seeing like other people's problems in a different perspective and also like how they're dealt with and how you rise above things and how people are put in these stressful situations. I don't know. Am I making any sense? No, that's, am that's amazing. And I feel like you can sort through a lot of things and draw a lot of allegories between comics and uh, just you know I feel like we live in a time period where people are constantly like seeing reality through Instagram or Facebook and having right. like fear of missing out on like well how come I wasn't invited to that dinner or why didn't I go to the party and it's like well because have you ever gone to anything where literally every single person is there? It just doesn't happen. Right. But it also feels bad to not feel included. And I feel like a lot of these uh, current m modes of time wasting do that. And like, for all extents and purposes, like, music is just like the sculpted passage of time. You're just listening to time in like a furniture sense passing through your head. And same with Facebook. But Facebook, I don't feel like, doesn't give you any fulfillment. Same with reading a book or reading a comic book or staring at a drawing or anything. Do you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. it's about, it's how you internalize it and how you deal with it. And sometimes it's nice to leave reality. I think people look at Instagram to like get out of their own head for a little bit, but I've, you don't really get anything from it. Do you know what I mean? But like if you sit down and you read a comic, even if like the writing is poor or the drawings are bizarre, you can still like draw so much inspiration from that. And like you're being, when you read a book, be it a comic book, graphic novel, or a regular book, it's the closest you'll ever get to someone else's thoughts being yours. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like you're reading it or you're looking at images and that's your reality. And I don't think that's true of film. Like I don't feel that way watching a film. When I'm watching a film, I feel like I'm a silent observer. Like I'm like a ghost in the room. Do you know what I mean? But when I'm reading a book, like when I'm reading, I am Peter Parker when I'm reading Spider-Man. Do you know what I mean? Do you think there's, it's because there's more hands in the, in the fire with the, a film? I mean, there's obviously a lot of hands. In I don't comic, know. I think it's just the way that it's like I'm never like you know in a movie where there's like internal dialogue and like someone's like thinking like meh, 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 and I'm like that's not my head. Oh, I see. Yeah. But when I'm reading like someone being like and then I did this and this is what happened to me and da, da, da. no matter who they are like their age or their gender or their like what their life is like you become that person. Right. You know what I mean? And you, you they instantly become you because it's inside your head and you're forming it with your words. Like even though like we could read the same. Web of Spider-Man comic, but Peter Parker's intonation and the way his voice sounds is going to be... Like, I remember watching the... It's going to be my own. Do you know what I mean? I'm going to form it with my own imagination, the same way that you are. Mm -hmm. And I think anything that you can apply your own imagination to, I like so much more. So I think I like music more than I like video, because video is like, here are the things for you. Everything's figured out. Where with music, like, 
you kind of have to. It forces and invokes visions the same way that like reading a comic or a book does. Do you know what I mean? Am I making any sense? No, that's awesome. I have 900 other questions, <laughs> but I can only ask one more because I still want to give you a tour. Um, I, I, we gotta do, we gotta do a second podcast. Oh, sometime. I'd love to. This would be great. Um, and the salmon's delicious. I can't. Yeah. I mean, the bear didn't give us any problems. No, no, no. I mean, um, it's heavily sedated. <laughs> uh, how can fans reach online, pick up the album, the whole Oh, sure. Shibaz? Well, the album is available in uh, wherever fine records are sold. Um, and if you go to a store that doesn't carry it, just know that fine records are not sold there. <laughs> um, you can get it at uh, Domino Records on their website or my website, which is dandeacon.com. Um, I have an actually efficient mail order, which... Uh, it's a big change from my previously completely inefficient uh, mail order, where I, and we'll talk about that another time. Um, it's on iTunes and Amazon, and uh, I guess that's, is that where, oh, it's on Spotify okay. and RDO, RDO, you know that old RDO? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah, it's like the thing that, yeah, yeah. they tweeted at me, so I'm trying to be nice. Um, Trying to remember, it's I, it's like I don't know. It's where where music. It's on Pirate Bay, if that's still around. Okay. I'm sure you can, you know, on all my on my webpage, there's like a a link to buy, a link to stream, and a link to steal. Because um, that's like you know, it's 2015. Let's get real. People right. are gonna people are gonna want to steal the record. It's not even really stealing. You know what I mean? It's just like it's kind of like you know when you like eat your roommate's food, like you skim just a little bit so they can't tell that you ate it. Um, that's kind of like what you know downloading MP3s is to me. It's like I do it sometimes, and it's like, oh, I hope it'll find out. It's like, <laughs> but then like you know, it's music. You can't own an idea. You know, I mean, once you once you put an idea into the world, it starts to fractal into other ideas and become other people's ideas. That's just what it is. And I think mm -hmm. there's no greater proof of that than the internet. This was such a pleasure, sir. Oh, we have to you. have you back. Like this, we we uh, this was fun. I had a great time. I'm glad we started off real. Uh, <laughs> Real uh, professional. Yeah. <laughs> As always. Um, Dan Deacon, thank you again. Oh, thank you. Um, this is Marvel, your universe.